Welcome into the Morning Burrito. I am Michael. And I am Eric. And you're grabbing your phone. I am. <laughs> Great to do that right at the beginning I'm so of the sorry. show. I know. I have to work while I work, you know? <laughs> sorry. Well, welcome in. It is uh, Tuesday, and it is 10 a.m. 10 a.m. We are live in a new location. We're getting, uh, we're getting a bad on, habit Online. Here. And uh, we are live on our church website. In, in our studio. App. Yeah, in our studio. But, I mean, we're... We're in a new online location. It's right. great. Hermnaz.church. Hermnaz.church. And so if you're watching this on Facebook um, or if you watch this later on YouTube or you listen to it on Spotify, if you want this live and you want to hear it at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays, download our church app. Uh, you can go to Google uh, Play Store or the iTunes Store and just search Hermnaz Church and you'll find our app. Go ahead and download that. Download that, and uh, you'll be able to catch the podcast live every Tuesday. And then also, uh, one of the other cool things that comes with this new uh, virtual world we're living in as a church, uh, we also have Apple TV and Roku app. So you can go there and download really that through cool. TV. Yeah, which is really cool. We watch it on Roku. Simple. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's great. And then you can watch it on your TV like it's a actual like. We're on Fox News or something, so that'd be right. that'd be cool. Right. And somebody just asked me if I was if I was going to be at the office today. I was like, Yeah. Uh, if you're watching the podcast, I'm on live right now, so check it out. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see if you're there. So so tell me about your week. Uh, the week. Well, it's only Tuesday. <laughs> no, I mean last week. Oh, since last we were week. live. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it was a good week. It was a really good week. Um, not as good as your week, probably, because, um, yeah. You had some good stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, so after our live broadcast, basically, I went home and prepared to leave with my daughter. Took her to yeah. to Georgia, where my parents live, and she's going to spend a month with them. And uh, she's going to Dollywood in a few weeks, so that's exciting. <laughs> that's a thrill. Uh, yeah. Uh, I nothing wrong with Dollywood. No, it's great. And uh, and got to see my parents. Got to see my brother and his wife uh, for a little bit. And um, and and mm-hmm. when we got home, or yeah. when I got home, rather. Uh, my wife and I decided that uh, we were going to buy a car, and so we bought a car. Is it a minivan? It is not a minivan. It is so good. All right, good. Yeah. I, you uh, might have been fired if you would have got a minivan. Yeah, I, I didn't get a minivan. Um, my wife and I chose to get a uh, you know GMC uh, SUV, so um, and just really good. And our bed came in, so we have yes. a new king-size bed. I mean, we had the mattress, but now we have the bed. So. So, so I think you had the better week. It was a good week. It was a, good week. It was a really good week. I, I am, I'm fired up I to got, be here. Well, I got the I got the boat ready, um, so gets washed hopefully sometime tonight. There so you go. We're good. Yeah, Garrick doing that. Oh no, I like to do that. Oh, <laughs> any time in the boat is good, even in the driveway. Yeah, and and we have our headphones back. We figured we out the like technology, it. so I've we got, can. I've got a God voice today. Yeah, it's it's nice. You, good. you sound deep and I sound deep. Assume, it's like Morgan Freeman talking oh, or something. Man, I've always wanted that. Give me a little echo in there. It's great. <laughs> okay, so uh, today's show, uh, last week, I mean, we were pretty fired up. Well, you had a high blood pressure problem last week, but yeah. It was it was one of those moments that, you know, we sometimes have on this show where we get fired up about a topic and we, we go at it. Um, this week, it, it, I don't know that it's going to be exactly the same, but it's certainly an issue that you and I spent... Uh, nigh on four hours yesterday discussing um, <laughs> over lunch. Yeah, well, well, actually, well, it was breakfast, breakfast turned into basically lunch, right. uh, lunchtime. And uh, and so this is a, if nothing else, this is a subject that we are passionate about. And so the subject we're going to go through today. Well, well, but it's also a passionate subject in our culture. 
It's just two different meanings. <laughs> right, right. We're going to talk about revival. And uh, I, I titled our episode today Defibrillating the Church mm-hmm. um, because uh, I think as we're going to find both culture and the church uh, have an issue that is in need of revival, um, that, that there is a reviving and awakening that needs to take place in, in, in both of those uh, spheres of influence. But before we do that, let's 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 define terms because we on this show we like to define terms and make sure people in our uh, audience understand what we're trying to co- communicate. Well, sometimes so, we try to understand what we try to say. That's a good point. <laughs> so, so I have two definitions for you. First one comes from the New Oxford American Dictionary because one definition isn't, isn't good enough. No, it's two <laughs> separate definitions of revival. Um, but revival, uh, according to the New Oxford American Dictionary, is defined as an improvement. In the condition or strength of something. Mm. Okay, I mean, that's kind of a vague description, but okay. But according to dictionary.com, in the context of the church, which is part of the time that we're going to speak today, revival is an, is an awakening of interest in and care for matters relating to faith and or service. And so I think that's a, that's a good definition to get us started um, when we talk about revival in the church, yeah, um, and so, but again, we're going to be talking about the church and culture. This is not just one or the other; it's both and. And I don't think, um, as we get into our first question, I don't know that the church and, and culture look at revival the same way and what that actually entails or means. Right. Um, so let's let's get really down to brass tacks here. Does the church? Does culture? need a revival? And if so, why? Yes, because we have no clue what we're doing. What does that mean? What, what do you mean, no clue what we're doing? We have, we have no clue what... Uh, as, all right, so you're talking the church, right? So we've lost tradition. We've lost our, 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 our historical holiness lifestyle. Um, I mean, it's there. I mean, we talk about it. We preach about it. But it's not necessarily the passion. You know, we talk a lot about churchmanship. Churchmanship has changed um, from years past. Churchmanship was born out of revival. It was the passion, the fire. Scripture talks about the fanning of the flame mm-hmm. of revival, um, the restoration. I mean, that's another definition for revival is the restoration. And we don't, we don't really put a lot of value on restoration because we don't really have a, a really strong sense of what sin is. And and so you can't have one without the other. You got to know what the sin is to know where you're lazy and sitting on your tail feathers, and allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and, and move you. Um, so I think we we've we've lost as a as a church culture, not just I mean in general, right? The whole idea of what uh, what the job of the Holy Spirit is. So so let me ask this then, uh, as a follow up, then there are probably people who are going to listen to this. And not see the problem that we see. They're yep. going, not going to agree with what you just said. They, they should have been part of our conversation yesterday. Probably. I mean, it was a very good conversation. But um, I want to propose uh, a few markers that I see as evidence of if you if if you're watching this and you're or you're listening to this and you hear these and you're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. These are the markers that I see, um, and, and I would say we see as markers of why the church specifically, um, although there's some cultural stuff in here too, why we need a, an awakening. 
Like these are the the symptom of needing awakening. Number one, we'd rather be on our devices than read the Bible or pray. Good. Church dinners are better attended than prayer meetings. <laughs> Whenever there's food, potluck, and pie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Faith is joyless or passionless. Mm-hmm. We know the truth, right? Those of us who attend church, we know the truth, but we are not living that truth. We're living something completely different every other day of the week. We put on essentially we put on a mask on Sunday mornings. No, we're not talking to everybody. No, sir, certainly right. not. Um, we don't share our faith boldly as a church necessarily. I mean, our church I think does, but I think there are churches that, as a church, do not. And I think as individuals, the church largely does not share their faith boldly. Well, even with family, mm-hmm. we have more time for recreation sports, activities, going to movies, whatever, than church, Bible, study time, whatever, and prayer. How about this one? This one hurt. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I wrote this down, it actually kind of pierced me a little bit. Evidence of revival being needed, we don't reconcile when we need to with other people. Mm-hmm. And we see this in the church today. Mm-hmm. Marriages are just existing. They're not thriving. We're more concerned with our kids' education and athletics rather than their souls. This is definitely, as a student ministry pastor, I see this often. Um, And it's not to say that being concerned about our kids' education or athletics is bad, but when that takes, when that trumps their souls. So so the list is pretty negative at this point. Uh, Yeah. Does it ever get positive? Uh. Well, I mean, it, the result of having revival is positive, but the reason these are the reasons we need revival. Mm-hmm. How about this one? We talked about this last week, basically. Sin is pushed under the rug in the church. Mm-hmm. That's evidence that the church needs revival. <laughs> A couple more. We tolerate the little sins, like gossip, critical spirit, lack of love in the church. Our prayers are empty and designed to impress others. Do you pray for the for other pe- other people's enjoyment? <laughs> if you're doing that, you're not praying for the right reason, mm-hmm. uh, with the right spirit. How about this one? You need to be enter- entertained at church. You need revival if that's mm-hmm. if that's why you're coming to church. And then the last one I had: we fit into the patterns of the world rather than calling the world to adapt to God's standard of holiness. And that last one, I think, hits home with this conversation. Basically, all of that other stuff fits back into this. All of those other things we do because we're trying to fit into the patterns of this world rather than calling the world to be as God has called us to be. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that's one side of people. I mean, that's a good list. I mean, we had a good lunch discussion on, you know, on that, uh, that list. But, um, but, you know, sometimes you need a revival just to go deeper. I mean, really, that, 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 that's it. I mean, you could be so on fire for the Lord. You're a good churchmanship. You're involved in your church. You're leading ministries. You're tithing. You're praying. You're in 33 Bible studies. You know, I mean, you're, <laughs> you're, you're doing what you're supposed to do, right? Right, right. And you're living. But sometimes you approach revival and go, you know what? I need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in my life. You need it in your life, but, man, I need it in my life. Right. And there's nothing wrong with revival being focused on what you need. Um, so many times we feel like revival, we listen to that list. That list points to, not coming from a pastor's point of view, right? 
it, it points to the church. Culture has no idea about that list, right? That that we just did, sure. Um, but but sometimes I have to look at the the revival and go, okay, what what do I need? I know what my my family needs. I know what my neighbor needs. I know what my you know my coworkers need. Um, but seriously, I need to be fresh because if I'm not fresh, that list means absolutely nothing. Sure. So it does start with the awakening of yourself. You know, Revelation three fifteen through seventeen. Uh, John is writing, and he. He's got Jesus um, giving him this vision. Jesus is speaking. And Jesus says that the church is neither hot nor cold, that they're lukewarm. And what does he say that he wants to do to the lukewarm church? Spit them out. It's use- Essentially, he's saying the church is useless when it's just warm, when it's not hot. Well, Jesus said he, spews, he wants to spew you out like a dog vomits. It's, it, it, he's, he's disgusted by it, right? Mm-hmm. Um. When we look at that scripture, and again, this is not just about the church. We will we will talk about society at large here in a second. But I want to I want to cl- clarify that it is it is supremely important for us as believers, those of you who are watching, who whether you go to our church here at Hermnaz or some other church anywhere, you know, across the world, we are not called to just ride a fence. To ride between culture and God and just, eh, just get by. We're called to thrive. We're called to be on fire. We're called to be consumed by the Holy Spirit. And if you're riding a fence, it says Jesus is going to spit you out. Right. And even if you're not riding the fence, you know, a, a lot of times we we fall into, hey, I was saved, you know, at like whatever age, and that's good enough. And we and we don't we don't thrive in our lifestyle that Jesus you know lives by example and you know tells us hey here's some here's some ways to live, right? Um, so so we fall into this idea of like well you know that's good for somebody else to do because I'm a good person and you know I'm I believe Jesus died on the cross and the Savior of my life, so the rest of you good luck. Mm-hmm. I mean now that may be kind of a nonchalant attitude, but honestly our churches are full of people with that attitude. Like I don't need to serve really. Um, you need revival in your spirit because nowhere in the word do I see where it says a Christian doesn't need to serve. You know, right. you, you can just sit back. So there is a spiritual depth to to what you know we're talking about today on on all levels um, in the church. Um, but so so Paul talks in Galatians five uh, chapter chapter five verses nineteen through twenty one. This whole litany of lists of things that are evidences of the civil, sinful nature. And we're not going to go through that list today. If you want to look it up again, it's Galatians 5, 19 through 21. But let's let's turn the conversation for a moment. We've already talked about the church needing revival. I think we've made it very clear the church as a whole needs a revival. How do we know and do we know that the society needs a revival? And what's the evidence to suggest that the society needs a revival. Yeah, well, I know you can we can just look at we can look at pick any time in history, right? Any time in history. So not just even right now, but you can look at history and uh and you can look at where the evil is in the world. And where evil is, revival must be. Um that that's our goal. That's where we pray. Um <laughs> you know, some people really get us so like as a church like, well, you can't pray for politics. Well, yeah, yeah, you can. Um you know, uh, Christian nationalism did not come into, and this is not a political thing that we're going to go down right here, but, you know, Christian nationalism did not start until people thought Christians were uh, worshiping Donald Trump. 
Christian nationalism is not an old traditional lifestyle or belief. It's it's brand new, and it's so false. Um, uh, if you if you look at um, where revival needs to be, it needs to be in our leadership as a culture. And people today lose their mind when you pray for politics, when you pray for our president, because you're praying because he's either evil <laughs> or because you're loving him, and the two right. just, the two can't get together. Well, in in our culture, that's just one spot. Look at our school districts. Um, look at our medical field. Look at uh, look at how you know, we coexist. Um, look at our gender. Look, I mean, you you can go right down, and that's a political list, right? But it's really not. It's a scriptural list. Because um, if you read Ephesians five, it tells you do not have a hint of the sexual immorality and impure thoughts and coarse joking and blah 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 blah. blah. Read it. It's Ephesians five. It's like seven eight verses long. Uh, you'll you'll go there and you'll scratch your head and go, oh yeah, I guess we need a revival. Because uh, you can put Ephesians five and go. Anywhere in our culture, and look, yeah, okay, we need that. That needs revival. Yeah, and Paul also, in in both that passage and the the Galatians, Galatians. passage, he he ends both of those lists by saying, and the like, and and, and the like. So there's more. So right? so it's he's like he's like dot, dot, dot. Yeah, he's like I I don't have a complete list here, but there are, there is more to this list, right? But you know, the, the, one of the one of the keys to revival that we don't see in culture that we used to see in the church is uh, maybe we need to talk about what what's old time revival look like yeah um, because revival is all about asking you're asking for the revival revival doesn't come unless you ask for it culture is not asking for revival culture is saying this is my right this is the way we need to change this is the way we believe that we should go this is how we should walk um, hmm. and the church has stopped asking for revival um, honestly I, I don't know well, um, and, and we know, we probably both know pastors um, and other believers, you know, le- maybe lay leaders within churches, who <laughs> tisk-tisk the whole revival right. thing. Like, it's right. not a big deal. Like, you 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 must be one of them old-timers worrying about revival. Right. But, like, so here's just some scripture, right, for the old-time revival. Like, you've got to ask for the revival. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and asking, you got to do a couple things. You've got to look and realize what you need. You may not know what you need like specifically, but you know you need something, right? Um, I know I'm going to need fuel in my gas tank pretty soon. I don't know when it's going to run out, but I'm going to need it pretty soon. Um, so like like uh, Psalm 8 uh, or Psalm 80 actually uh, says, uh, restore us, Lord, uh, Lord God Almighty. Make, our, make your face shine on us so that we may be saved. Um, you know, we're asking, Lord, restore us. Uh, Ephesians or uh, Isaiah 57. Uh, 11 through 13, Isaiah 57, 11 through 13, um, talks about um, this asking, you know, do not be silent, Lord. Show us, reveal yourself to us, um, and, uh, and don't, don't put yourself off. And, and uh, Ephesians, or why am I I'm stuck in Ephesians in my head, but Isaiah <laughs> 57, uh, 15, um, I, I love this. It says, thus, uh, uh, for thus says the one, God, who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with him who is um, of the contrite and lowly spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly. You have to realize that you're lowly. You have to realize what you need. You got, you, you, and, and culture doesn't do that, so we're asking, where is culture in revival? There is a difference, and we want to get there. Um, but And revive us uh, and to revive the heart, it says, uh, of the contrite. So, so you, you, you've got to, um, you got to, you got to ask. You got to see. And there's a whole list of other scripture. Uh, you always, I mean, go to your Bible app and like 
punch in like you know revival, yep. and and you'll see that most of the scripture you see is asking for revival. Lord, ask we're asking you revival. Do not hide your face. Show your face. Do not flee from us. Come to us. Lord, show us what we need to do. Show us how we need to pray. And the old church would do that. The old traditional church would do that. Culture doesn't do that, right? Culture removes the prayer, removes the God uh, from from that. So. Um, so yeah, it's huge. Yeah, and when we when we talk about this idea of what does revival look like, well, for the for the church, it it actually is very simple, and it's a very simple answer. In John fifteen, Jesus is speaking. It's near the end of his life, and, and John's telling his disciples this this parable of of the vine and the branches, and, and Jesus, God, is the vine. And he's saying that we, as the followers, are the branches. We branch off of him. And so long as we're connected to the vine, connected to God, meaning we're following him, we're, we're giving our lives to him, we're, we're, we're living for him, then we're going to exhibit fruit, good fruit, right? But if we're disconnected, then we're either not going to have fruit at all or the fruit we're going to have is bad. Well, Paul picks up on that. Again, we, we spoke about Galatians 5. Um, later in Galatians 5, he gives this list of fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, as he calls it. That's what revival looks like. When the church is living out joy and gentleness and faithfulness and all the rest of them, self-control, I mean, all of these things, that's what revival looks like, or at least the result of revival. If revival's happened, you see the church living the fruit of the Spirit. Well, you know, let's let's just break it down a little more practical, right? Um, uh, you look at the church, you're going to serve. You're going to want to serve. You're, you're going to want to get plugged in. It should be right? organic. It, 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 it's a fruit. It just, it just happens. It just grows. You don't have to do anything with it. It's, it's there. If you don't use it, you're going to get pruned. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, but here's here's one of the problems, um, and First Kings lays it out. Elijah just, you know, he, he throws it out there uh, before the people, and and I think it kind of wraps up the whole idea of in the church what revival is um, or is not. Um, Elijah asked a very very important question. It's First Kings eighteen verse twenty one. Elijah went before the people and he said this. Now, Elijah, the prophet, okay, he's before the people. He says, to this crowd of people, this crowd of believers, right, uh, and there's prophets in the crowd, there's, uh, there's you know, religious leaders in the crowd, um, there's lay people in the crowd, um, there's, pe- there's parents, there's, you know, single people, married people, old people, half-dead people, they're all in the crowd. Um, and, and he goes before the people and he says, how long will you waver between two options? And mm-hmm. waver there is 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 um, translated to uh, uh, limp. Uh, how long will you go limping between two options? If the Lord is God, follow Him. If Baal is God, well, follow Him. And this is what the people said. They said absolutely. And the Bible says this. The people said absolutely nothing. No response. I feel like that way on Sunday morning sometimes. Well, and I mean, take that scripture and put it in today's context. Everything. We talked about this yesterday. Everything is a binary choice. Yep. These false binary choices where it's only this way or that way, there is no other third way or fourth way or fifth way. And let me tell you, most of the time, that's that's false. It's a lie. You know, we talk about politics. We talk about uh, lifestyle choices. All of these things. There's always, it's either this or that. That's not real. That's not how 
how right. being a believer works. And and really, even if you're not a believer today, don't buy into that crap because it's it's garbage. So like the old time revival, um, I, I love the old time revival. I don't know what you were were part of. I know you didn't grow up in the church, but um, I grew up where we had revival services and uh, we went to camp meeting um, where like all the churches get together on a campground mm-hmm. and yep. and you and you meet inside of a tabernacle, uh, which is Old Testament Bible, and uh, the walls of the tabernacle because the tabernacle would be so full of people, the walls would come up. That they would literally like remove the walls. So now you've got like this big pavilion kind of thing. Yep. Uh, pretty cool. And you got this humongous stage up front and you got the, the, the guy speaking and you've got the altars that are made of stone, at least in front of the tabernacle that I was in front of, it's just like these stone altars and uh, uh, pretty, pretty cool. Um, and the old timers, I mean, the saints of the church, when they're singing, I mean, they are singing, they are worshiping and, and, and I loved it when the hankies come out. Now yeah. that's part of our tradition and yep. in Christian heritage is is the hanky waving. Um, hanky waving. They, they, it wasn't to spread germs, right? And no, it, and it wasn't to you know do any of that. But the waving of the hanky was the sign of uh, total freedom. Yeah. I, I surrender, right? I mean, that's why we have the white flag. And, no. and we we see this sometimes in this culture, worship culture today where people are really excited and they're moving in worship, you know, they're waving their hands or whatever, you know, kind of like the hankies. But the one thing I think that we've missed, um, we, we don't allow ourselves to get lost in worship. And I think one of the things I love about the history of the revivalism in the late 19th century, early 20th century, people got lost in those moments. Like, I mean, you know, camp meetings, sometimes they would last hours. It was not like right. a one-hour church service. Right. So so the whole getting lost in worship, I mean, it, it is it is part of it. But one thing that's changed in culture, and you're not going to like this or even agree with it, but <laughs> there's really good deep theology in the old hymns. Why um, wouldn't I like that? I like hymns. Yeah, I'm not saying you I didn't say you didn't like hymns. See, you're just, you're twisted what I just Man. said right there. You, right? You, you, you prefaced it. You said I wasn't going to like the hey, answer. Uh, well, I just, I just know that you will usually fire back on me and go, well, courses are deep in theology too. Well, I didn't say they weren't. Um, but when I look at the depth of the meaning behind the words and the, and the theology, when I look at how I was brought up, man, I miss some of that deep theology because that's, that's what I cut my teeth on. Right. And, and so when I look at revival as a church person, I go, <laughs> I can't help it. I cannot help myself. I go back to a tabernacle experience. Sure. Um, and uh, and our people today, I don't even know what age, uh, but our people today have no idea what a tabernacle is. Like well, our, our kids are at camp right now. Uh, our teens, uh, well, I guess our teens, our, our district, teens are, teens. our district teens are at camp. Yep. Our kids are going to camp in two weeks, couple weeks. Um, yep. You know, but so our our local teens, if we ask what a tabernacle was, no idea. And at the camp that they're at right now, there's not even a tabernacle. Right, they're outside under a pavilion, and they call it a pavilion, but they're using it for worship. Which is tabernacle, so, right? Um, so traditions. Well, are, and we don't huge. have camp meetings very much anymore. We don't. I mean, I know when I came from the district that I was on in Oklahoma, we did a camp meeting. Um, we called it family family camp. I think is what the terminology was. I think everybody calls it that. Um, but the reality was, it was not what we are describing here. Right. Um, it wasn't the family of God being outside together in a pavilion, quote unquote, or a tabernacle. 
um, it was a church service, and it was the normal length of a church service, you know, about an hour long and three, four worship songs, whatever. It felt just like normal ch- Sunday church. And the thing is to me, and, and we talked about this yesterday, I always thought revival was only attached to sin, that it was only for winning people to Christ. And while that is part of it, I'm sure, I mean, you, they're called evangelists for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they evangelize. But I, I really think, at least today, revival is more about bringing the church back to what it's supposed to be. Or well, go, go back to our definition. It's the reawakening. The reawakening, yeah. And being the church that God's called us to be, um, being the individuals God has called us to be. And so, go, ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, after you. You're bald. <laughs> well, that's true. Um, bald is beautiful. Well, so, in some cases. <laughs> so, so for me, I, I want us, I want to see the church, big C, right? Not, not just our local congregation, although I think we need revival too. I, I want to see the church reawaken. And, you know, in, in culture, you hear this term reimagining things all the time or re, rethinking or re, reawakening or whatever. Um, obviously, the word woke has been commandeered for a whole different meaning. But the church does need to be reawakened. We need to be reawakened to the purpose that God has called us to, which you can find that, again, it, God's purpose. You can type that in your little Bible app, and you'll find all kinds of scripture about God's purpose for the church, for us as individuals. Mm-hmm. We need to get back to that because the church cannot thrive in America if it's not culturally relevant in America. And the only way for the church to be culturally relevant is to actually be doing something that's relevant to the culture. To actually be telling culture, there is a different way to live your life. There is a different way to be. That you don't have to listen to culture all the time. But the downside to being culturally relevant is I think we as a, I mean, as Christians, uh, we have become so culturally relevant that we've lost the Christian culture. Well, I guess, uh, let me rephrase. So I didn't mean it as, you know, we do you, as the culture does. You that's, were pretty passionate on it. That's what it sounded like. That's that's not what I meant. What I meant is that we need to have something that is so uh, desirable. There you go. That it's counter to what the culture is right. teaching now. Um, you know, I, I remember you probably taught this as a, as a youth pastor when I was old enough to be in youth group. <laughs> when you were in diapers. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um but I was always taught in, in middle school and high school in youth group that we are supposed to be countercultural. That was the phrase that was used back in the 90s and yeah, early 2000s. That we need to be so loving. We need to be so um, holy, so righteous, that we need to work on, you know, allow God to fill us so much that we are so much like Jesus that people want to be like us. And that we're in the culture, but we are fully of God. We've lost that somewhere along the way to now it's I'm going to be like them and just fit in. So so I want to use that topic of our conversation right here to move us into what culture, how culture views revival. Yeah. Um, because we do want to be like them. And, and what I hear a lot as a pastor is, yeah, we can do revival. Like we have City Fest coming up. Sure. Right. We have now. I'm going out on a limb here. Um, for our own church people, um, we have tried to promote City Fest with our leadership team. We've tried to promote it with, with our, our congregation to get involved with uh, evangelistic training. 
right. and uh, in prayer. And uh, you know what? They're just, let's just be honest, there's a lack of excitement for it. And it's not because it hasn't been promoted. It's nobody's signing up to go be trained into evangelism. Right. So what we've done for our church, and I'm excited about this, is on August 8th, I think. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. We're doing our own evangelistic training on how um, to get ready for City Fest. So when we go, we're ready to accept the babies and Jesus into the family of God. Um, and I hope people sign up for it. Yeah, and if you're um, if you're not even from our church, if you're here in the, the, the Umatilla County area, if you didn't make a training somewhere else in town, you're more than welcome to come 4 o'clock on August 8th, on 8th. and be a part of that. But but you're right. We we we've created this training for our people here at Hermnas. And well, oh, go ahead. It, it's not it's not like our training. Like we're doing the City Fest training. I want to be clear on right, that. Right, right. It's not our own thing. We're just taking yeah, because we want to follow through what City Fest wants. But we're going to slow the puppy down a little bit and right. uh, and and kind of do some Q and A and. And maybe some role playing, and we're gonna we're gonna have fun with it. Ninety minutes is what it is. So, but yeah, that's not an advertisement. But but culture, I, I hear from our church culture is like, man, you know what? Culture is gonna think we're weird. We start talking about revival, right? And uh, you know, we have to go to church like three days a week or seven days a week. I mean, uh, you know, John Wesley, you know, um, kind of big guy in our faith. Um, his revival would go for months. You know, and he's in the middle of a field. Well, and um, if you go back to the church, the church in Acts, the the new church, right, the Way, as they right. called it back then, they were together almost every day, right. breaking bread together, living together, living life together. I mean, that's that's what the church looked like. Right? Does the church look like that today? It it, it should because culture looks that way. So, right. So here, if you want to have fun it, uh, on what revi- cultural revival, that is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Cultural revival. Google it. You will be amazed at how culture loves the idea of revival. They love it. Yep. I mean, they thrive on it. So I want to read some things um, that I just, I mean, I've, I've taught it. I've, I've lived it. I mean, in ministry, you know, we start tossing around cultural issues to be relevant and blah, blah. So out of that whole cultural relevancy thing comes cultural revival. Well, because we want revival as a church to fit the culture. Well, culture is already ahead of the church because here's, They've got the same answers we have. It's amazing. This, what I'm going to read to you, comes strictly off of Google. Google cultural revival, okay? So cultural revival, what is it? It refers uh, to the uh, formation of groups, okay, that identify with one another and have, and have a common culture, where a claim um, is forwarded, you know, to the aspects of the culture that, you know, identifies a group, and this is what it says. It says, the... the um, these, these groups that identify have been recovered after losses due to colonization, uh, forced or voluntary relocation, oppression, or moderniz- modernization. That's the church. I mean, people are moving all over the place. Um, we've colonized to where, you know, we've gone, uh, what, seeker-sensitive there for a while, and, uh, you know, we've kind of, we've lost some things. But but here's another question they ask. So So that's cultural revival. That's what it is. It's like, we need this. Okay. These are groups of people because of things that have happened in our culture. They ask the question, how can I revive my culture? Now, that, that's, that's a question there on Google. How can I revive my culture? And this is their answer to that question. It sounds like I would have wrote it. It's amazing. Here it is. Bring back history into our curriculum. And I won't read the whole thing to you um, because this is one of the mediums through which our children can learn our culture. 
That sounds like Sunday school class. Hmm. That sounds like life groups, right? Bring back our history. Don't forget the traditions of the past of the church. Then it says, teach our children to value our culture. Do not be inferior to it. Hmm. <laughs> Don't run from it, but teach our culture, right? So culture saying, hey, hello, uh, culture revival, teach our culture. Um, and then take uh, taking the celebration of culture um, to our schools as uh, this express uh, as this exposes our children to our culture. In other words, teach our kids, right? That's how that's how we re- we revive our culture. Teach our kids. Hmm. Don't teach them to be inferior to it. Back down from it. Cower from it. Uh, buy into the ways of what you know some religious organization might tell you to do. This is a culture telling us, hey, we want to teach our kids how to be a cu-. okay. As a church, that's how we revive our culture. Teach our kids, pass on our traditions, right? This is sound like a sermon. Here it is. Next question they ask is, why is it important to maintain cultural revival traditions? Um, it's a very short answer, okay? Why is it important to maintain cultural revival traditions? Uh, traditions represent a critical piece of our culture. I would agree with that. We go back to our traditions. It's a very important part of our culture that we have are losing as a church. They help form the structure and foundation of our families and our society. Is that not the goal of our church? Hmm. Is that not the goal of Christianity for revival? Let's have revival and form the structure and foundation for our families and our society. I, I, when I'm reading it, I couldn't believe that this is actually what is on Google for culture. Um, I got two more. Um, how can we save our culture and traditions? How can we save our culture and traditions? Um <laughs> Spend time with members of the community to keep it alive. How's your church attendance? Yeah. Right? How are how, how you doing with that? Spend time with one another. And then it says, gather as a group, not just for the holidays, but for ordinary meals, ordinary events, or just conversation. Huh. Does that not sound like what we promote as a church? Yep. Almost to the T. And this comes from Google, of all things. And then how... To maintain your cultural revival. <laughs> I think they came out of Sunday school class with this. Here's their five. How do you maintain a cultural revival? Stay in touch with your people. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Stay in touch with your people. Okay, we came through pandemic. Where are you? Well, right? and what's what's interesting is when we think of pandemic and the church reopening, um, there have been people who have come back to church the, yeah, the in of- person, and they're like, who is that person or who is that person? And they're like... They've been here for a year. Yeah, you. Where have you been? <laughs> they started coming and, like right at the beginning of the pandemic. They've been here for sixteen months. Where you been? And you have to remember they've been gone for sixteen months. I so that. they've been online or whatever. Um, yeah, it, it, <laughs> which is great. It sounds really simple, right? It does. How do you maintain our cultural revival? Second one is this: <laughs> be part of groups with ties to our old culture, churches. Churches and life group. Let's, life group, and let's not forget about the older generation, right? It's not all about, I mean, they are the church of today, right? They weren't the church of yesterday. It's just like our kids are not the church of tomorrow. They're, They're the, the church, church of today, today right? Yep. So, so be part of groups with ties to your culture. Third thing is this, maintain traditions. What? No, do, tradition's bad. No, we, we get rid of traditions. They're what, bad. What have we done as a church, especially when it comes to like this idea of cultural revival? We try to lose tradition to be censor-seekative. 
sensor seeker, seeker sensitive. Right. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, like taking crosses out of churches because it offends people. Right. Uh, um, main, maintain traditions. The right. the cross is beyond a tradition. You know, in honest, being honest here, but but I mean, it's just an example. Churches removing things that you don't need to remove. Right. You don't right. need to remove it. Here's the fourth thing. How do you maintain your cultural? Now, this again, this is from Google, right? How do you maintain your cultural revival? Re- remember, revival is awakening, even by the culture's definition. That's right. what you read it out of was cultural definition. Right. You didn't go to a church. Right. All right. Fourth one is this. Share your culture with new friends and colleagues. Sharing your faith. That's what it is. Sharing <laughs> like, your faith. I'm like, really? I mean, seriously? Wow. And then the last one is <laughs> volunteer. Serve. <laughs> Serve. So so out of Google, that's that's how you do it. So how can we protect is the last the I mean I mean there's more questions there, but I thought these these were like five great questions. How can we protect our traditions? <laughs> A perfect way, and this is from this is what they say. How do you protect your cultural tradition, your cultural revival? Protect they say it's a perfect way to preserve your traditions is to continue practicing them in your home. Lead your families. <laughs> I was like, after our conversation yesterday, I was like, I'm just going to have fun and just kind of Google some things in Revival. And I've come across this, I'm like, wow. It's everything we teach. Everything. And culture already has it, so why do we feel uh, like they're going to think we're weirdos? Right. Well, and, and here's the thing. Asking the question, how does the church have this revival or awakening? Now, there's multiple ways to do this. Or we, we talked a lot yesterday about this idea of the spark, right? The, the, how do we light the, the, the fire? Um, because as somebody who just went through having a water heater put in their house, <laughs> you <laughs> literally just a few days ago, um, because the pilot light would not stay lit. It was a great illustration to me now thinking through this. <laughs> we have the fire, right? I mean, the fire is there. We have You're the source, and we have the source. We have the source, the gas, the ga- the natural gas, so to speak. I mean, because if you don't know how a water heater works, at least a gas one, gas comes into your house. You have a little igniter, lights your pilot light. Your pilot light takes that gas and it lights up the the heating element, and then that heats the water, right? Well, if the igniter doesn't keep the pilot light lit then yeah, you've got gas coming in, but it's doing nothing. It's completely useless gas. So the same is true here. You can come to church. You can go to Bible study. You can come to youth group or whatever. You can do all those things. You can watch Name Your Pastor on YouTube or whatever. But if you're doing nothing with that, if you're just letting that just go out into the ether somewhere, what are you doing? Right. So the first step to revival is do it. Do what you're supposed to be doing. If, you're, if you've been a believer for any period of time, all you got to do is pick up the Bible. And, and look, there's, there's, there's plenty of instructions. And I, I bristled this. I don't like this phrase, but people broke down the word B-I-B-L-E, the word Bible, okay. basic instructions before leaving earth. I always thought that was kind of silly. No, I actually had that on a T-shirt once. <laughs> I'm sure you did. That's great. <laughs> Back in the 90s, probably. Was, yeah. Um, but it is true. I mean, it is it is basic instructions for us as believers how we're to live our lives to be more like Jesus. That is the goal: is to be more like Jesus. So that so that's my first step to having revival and awakening. Wake up, 
do the things that God has asked you to do. So for me, that would be like the second step. I think uh, when I look back at Scripture, um, it's the like it's asking, asking the Lord, shine your face on me. But can you ask if you're not even yes wo- woken up? Yes. There's been times in my life I've asked the Lord to do something in my life, and I didn't know I needed revival, hmm. right? Um, I, I, did, I didn't know I needed special depth in me. I didn't know I needed a fresh pouring of the Holy Spirit. Um, but I'm asking the Lord for his favor in my life. Um, so when I look at revival, my first step, now your first step might be different, but my first step is, and for our church, I believe, has got to be you've, you've got to ask. Because we're talking to the Christians. Sure. Christians, you've got to ask for revival. Um, we actually had, um, in one of our churches, we had um, we had a person that, that said, <laughs> came to me and goes, so we preach about revival, and they said, you know, we don't, we don't need revival. Hmm. I'm like, what? You're a leader in our church. We don't, we, we don't need revival? No. What, what's the purpose of revival? We, we don't need revival. We just have to be good people. And I'm like, okay, well, you just go to prayer and just ask the Lord to, to show you revival in your own heart. And, uh, and they left the church. <laughs> because they didn't want to be confronted with, I guess, however I did that. But so for me, it's different. I, I think for me and uh, and how I want to encourage people is okay. If 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 that's your first step uh, to wake up and move, for me, I've got to ask where I got to go first. Okay. Um, what, yeah, that, what that makes sense. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not di- I'm not ripping. No, no, no. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, and, and churches, you know, we can go backwards in our conversation. The church. Over the course of the last 100, 150, 200 years or so, we've had revival, right? We've had these revival moments. And I truly believe, and I think you would agree with this, we are in a moment where clearly culture and the church are starving for for revival. Mm -hmm. It may be different in the why (laughs) or what needs to be revived, right? But here's the thing. We are we are ripe for a revival in our in our culture and in our church culture. So, as a church, if you're a pastor and you're watching this, uh, you're listening to this, you could very easily do a revival in your church. But make sure that it's God asking you to do that, because you can have any evangelist come and talk. But if there's no meaning behind it, if there's no plan for how you're going to implement that change, then what are you going to do with it? It's again right. going back to the water heater. Ask, ask, ask. Okay, Lord, is this, is this what we're supposed to do? And then I think it, it really does come down to you know we I had that list earlier. All these different things that are the signs that we need revival in the church. You, you may have to make some changes in your life. Um, God, <laughs> even as a Christian, <laughs> well, that, probably likely if you're right. a Christian, you're going to have to make changes. So, if if God is not a priority in your life, you need revival. So, so, so on the on the whole thing of change, culture's okay with change, right? Because culture's already got the the top five questions asked and answered, and they change to fit how they teach their kids, right? How do they volunteer, right? So, hey, we we probably got to wrap this up. We do. Right? It's it's so, ten forty seven. So, so I, I got three I got three scriptures I want to end end with uh, because I. This is what I this is what I want um, for me personally, all right. Um, and if it if and I'm asking the Lord for this for me personally because I need the revival. But if if I have it, it you know, back to your water heater thing. If I've got the flame, right, it, it's going to heat up somewhere. Right. Now, it may it may not heat you up, but I can heat up somebody, and uh, and and that's how God's gospel spreads. Right? Yeah, we ask, and uh, and here is so so Jeremiah. Um, 
there's a verse in Jeremiah 33.3 that um, I, I want God to, to do this for me. Um, it, he's telling Jeremiah, he says, call to me and I will answer you. Call to me and I will answer you. In other words, ask, I will answer you. And I will tell you, and I love this, I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Mm. And I'm like, I'm pretty smart. <laughs> what do I not know, right? Um, but it, for, for my life, I want to know these great and hidden things that God has for me. Mm-hmm. And unless I'm asking for the revival and the freshness of the Holy Spirit in my life, I am not going to find out what the hidden things for my life is all about. Right. And, and so I want that. Jeremiah 6.16 um, is another one. Uh, Thus says the Lord, uh, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths, going back to our traditions, right? Going back to our history. Mm-hmm. Ask for the ancient paths where the good way is, and then walk in it. So I'm asking, okay, I'm looking at my traditions. What was good then? It worked. The Word of God doesn't change, right? right? Cultural, the, the whole term cultural revival, it changes with whatever the newest whatever is. Methodology right? may change, right. but the principle does right. not. Right, paradigms all over the place are changing, but not so with the Word. So where the path is uh, or where the way is good, walk in it and find your rest for your soul. But they said... <laughs> We will not walk in it. I do not want to be that person. Right. I want. I want to walk to the ancient of days, and I want to look at that and go, okay, today's modern culture, the modernization that we live in. Okay, I can go cross cultural. You know, I can go counter cultural. I, I, I can fit under culture. I can fit above culture. But more than that, I want to be on the ancient path, and I want to be looking both ways across the street, going like, okay, where do I fit in? And then the last one is Psalm fifty-one ten, and this is a prayer. And, uh, and maybe it's your prayer, um, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's my prayer. But it's also my prayer for our church here at Herm Naz. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe if you go to a different church, maybe this could be your pastor's prayer. Maybe it is your pastor's prayer. I don't know. Maybe it could be your prayer for your pastor. I don't, I don't know. But it's very, very simple. Psalm 5110. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Mm. I can't do it. My church can't do it. Revival can't do it. God is the God of revival. God right. in revival can do that. Create in me a clean heart and renew Revival, refresh, reawaken, right? A right spirit within me. Yeah. Um, so I want to leave us with that. Yeah. Because uh, that's that's revival right there. So good topic. Yeah. We had topic. a great lunch. I enjoyed lunch yesterday. It was awesome. Yeah. It was breakfast and well, lunch. Actually, it was breakfast. We kind of, <laughs> we, we actually missed lunch. Uh, so <laughs> that's they, true. They actually asked us if we were going to have lunch. We're like, yeah, no, we've been here too long yeah. already. Yeah, the lady had to hang around and wait for us because of the check. <laughs> She said, "Will you please pay this so I can get out of here?" <laughs> it was a long it was a long meeting. All right, hey, thanks for being here, guys. Yep, we'll see you next week 10 a.m.